Hello, this is Susan. Hey, it's Melissa. Hey, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Kayla Gordon, Jeep Roberts, and Susan Bolio have started a journey, shaking loose from depression, addiction, and dissociation, and walking with more laughter, lightness, and love. They struggle with the same difficult feelings many of us have, but this is the story of their work to heal. They are acknowledging the trauma that was passed down to them as children, and they're noticing how adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, have shaped the way they act and react in their lives. I I feel like sometimes when people say, oh, we don't want to trigger people, or we don't want to bring up stuff, it's like our people, our communities are living this every single day. Susan Bolio is a citizen of the Red Lake Nation, and she teaches people in tribal communities about ACEs. She says the first step is to talk about what happened to you. But that's not to say that talking about it is easy. In a previous episode, Kayla Gordon shared the details of her difficult childhood. Kayla is a member of the Red Cliff Band of Lake Superior Chippewa. She grew up on the reservation. Her parents were both addicted and dealing drugs out of the house where they lived with Kayla and her little brother. My parents fight in front of us, have parties, a lot of random people around. We were raided by the police, some in Angkor jail. There were a lot of bad memories. At the end of our conversation, I wanted to check in with Kayla. How you feel? That was a lot. You okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah? Talking about yes. the hard stuff like that? Mm-hmm. We had a Zoom call set up for two days later. I get on the call, hit record, and wait for her to join. She didn't show. We texted. She said she woke up late, and we decided to try again tomorrow. So the next day, I log into Zoom, hit record, and wait. Well... It is 10.25. We're supposed to speak at 10. Maybe no. Maybe done. No, Kayla. Stop recording. I start to think maybe our first conversation was just too difficult. Maybe she's triggered and hurting and trying to comfort herself. What can I do? I email a couple of her friends to ask if they can check on her. And I text Kayla. I said, hey there, let me know if you can talk today. We can always do it next week. Our interview on Tuesday was terrific, and I hope we can do it again. This time we'll focus on your present life and all the positive things you have going. Just want to really create some positive reinforcement about how great she's doing. I feel worried. I'm not worried about this radio piece. I'm worried about Kayla. And there's nothing I can do to help because if the problem is that she felt like she disclosed too much and that makes her scared and uncomfortable, then I can't do anything because I'm part of the problem. Whenever you get a chance, just let me know. No rush. Okay. She texts me back. Some stuff came up. We set up another Zoom call. But just before that call, she emails me. She just found out she has COVID-19. So I'll put it on hold so she's feeling better, which hopefully she will be feeling better. While I wait to hear how Kayla made it through COVID, and if she wants to talk with me again, I call Susan Bolio. She's got a lot of experience with ACEs and with sharing very personal things and all the feelings that might come up afterwards. 
if, if, if she hasn't really done that before or anybody hasn't really done that before that, like it feels good when you're doing it. But then afterwards you're like, holy, what did I just do? What did I just say? Like, and then there's this whole other component to it, Melissa, where this is going to be on the radio. People are going to hear this, you know, I know know. it's a whole nother layer of vulnerability. This has happened before with other interviews I've done. And actually I've experienced that. Oh, feeling myself. It's scary to be vulnerable in front of an audience. But Susan points out it's even more scary when your family is going to hear what you're saying about them. Because so many of us are taught that, like, in your family, you don't air your dirty laundry. You don't talk about this stuff with other people. And so that is really, that's a challenging place to be. Yeah. But before we hang up, Susan says, you know, maybe Kayla isn't struggling right now. Our assumptions aren't always right. And people have this innate wisdom and ability to heal when we allow for that space. Maybe. About two weeks later, I text Kayla. How are you feeling? Hoping you're through the worst of it. Let me know, Melissa. She texted right back. I was just thinking about you. I'm doing great now. I survived COVID. Ha ha. If you wanted to meet tomorrow sometime, I'm open all day. Smiley face emoji. I'm like, yes. So the next day, I get on Zoom, hit record, and there she is. Hi. How are you? Good. She tells me what it felt like to have COVID. Like I didn't get the chills or body aches or nothing or fever. Or just Well, good. Man. Sore throat. And then I ask her, was our conversation about her childhood too hard? Did she struggle afterwards? Because that happens sometimes. You know, sometimes I feel like, especially when people are talking to an outsider, a reporter, after you share that kind of stuff, it can get kind of funky. Like it can make you feel like you let your guard down and maybe that didn't feel so good. Did you have any of those feelings? Yeah, actually I did. Just like talking about everything that happened. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot. Well, thank you for sharing all that. It's a really big deal. I respect that a lot. I really thought a lot after and I cried a little bit. I'm sorry. I talked to my brother. We are the ones who grew up together. We've always been close. And now he's my best friend. Yeah, we just talked a lot about what had happened with us. She had to take time to cry and to talk to her brother. And then she says she also realized something. You know, after our conversation, I'm like, wow. like thinking about my other sibling's mom and how she took us in and just let us basically live with her whenever we needed her. She was a good role model. She's a nurse. She works hard. And then my teachers that still believed in me. Wow. Here I was worried that she might be curled up under the covers. And maybe she was curled up under the covers. She didn't say. But wherever she was, she got a new insight about what happened to her. I don't know. It made me think about actually how many people I did have with me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because usually I can't really think of anyone, but... I actually did have some good people. Yeah. I'm relieved and excited for her. And I'm still wondering, does she want to keep talking to me for this series? Did it make you not want to keep going, having these conversations? Um, no. But I just, I didn't want my family to hear it and make them feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Turns out her dad is a little concerned about what she's sharing. And my brother 
told me that my dad said something about he was embarrassed or something. Because uh-huh. I post stuff on Facebook about like drama and stuff. I mean, I don't say anything about him specifically, but. She says it made her want to reach out to her dad. So she sent him an email. No, I said, I'm not mad at you for what happened or how you parented. I'm like, I understand. We're dealing with a lot. And, you know, I talk about this stuff. I don't want you to feel sad. And I'm not doing that to be mean or anything. Like, I want to share that with people. And I forgive you. Like, I still love you. That's a big deal, that forgiveness. And, and he said, you know, thanks. That means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to mom, too. We never really had that kind of conversation before. I know there was a time when Kayla wouldn't have done any of this. Because of her ACEs, or adverse childhood experiences, she has struggled with depression and anxiety. So she wouldn't have talked to me about what happened to her. She wouldn't have been able to remember any of the good people that were in her life. And she wouldn't have reached out to her dad with so much forgiveness in her heart. But Kayla says, back in 2016, she decided she was sick of the depression and anxiety. So I finally called my doctor. I was just sick of it. I need a mental health check. And she got me on stuff for depression. She's like, I'm going to refer you to um, therapy. In later things, she said, I want you to see Barbara. Her name is Barbara Cohn. And she helped me so much. And then in 2017, she learned about ACEs from Susan Bolio. She learned specifically that her body and her brain had adapted to the trauma of her childhood and that it made it hard for her system as an adult to act in any other way. Ever since, she's been working to re-regulate her system. And when she's triggered, like she was in our conversation, she can slow down, cry, think, reach out to her brother, and heal a little bit. A few days later, Kayla and I get on a Zoom call with Susan Bolio to talk about everything that's happened. Susan, again, is the person who taught Kayla all about ACEs and childhood trauma. Like, I used to think that triggers were a bad thing. And now I realize that when something happens and we we get triggered by it, you know, stuff comes up for us. To me, it's energy that's already stuck in our body that's coming up to be released to be moved through. It's an opportunity to be able to do that. Yes. And so for you to have that courage and strength to do it, like it really is going to ripple out and shift other family members. So I've been really seeing that in my younger brothers lately. Been sober for two years now. He's really been opening up to me, like calling me all the time. We talk for hours and he's like, tell me all this stuff. I'm like, yes, brother, I've been telling you these things. Yes. (laughs) So just really cool, you know. Super proud of him. Yeah. And I bet he's super proud of her. With some help, she's turning triggers into opportunities for healing for her and her whole family. I think it's pretty incredible. And Susan agrees. You know, Kayla, it's so encouraging and it's so powerful to hear that when we go out and we talk about these things that have been unmentionable in our communities, powerful things can happen. And you are doing the hard work. You're doing the heavy lift. And there are going to be so many people that benefit because of it. Yes. Yeah, it's so wonderful to see you again, Kayla. Yes, you too. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. 
All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Next time, we find out what exactly Kayla and Susan do to re-regulate their systems so it doesn't feel like they're constantly reliving the crises that were in their childhoods. Join us next time. I want to share one more thing that I realized from what happened in this episode. There's not a lot of space in mainstream culture for people to do what Kayla did here. Kayla took time to slow down, cry, reach out to her brother and her father, and she needed that. I wonder, when someone needs a break like Kayla did, how can we make more space for that? This is A Mile in My Moccasins on Niji Radio, serving the White Earth Nation. I'm Melissa Townsend. Shi miigwech, and thank you to Kayla Gordon, Jeep Roberts, and Susan Bolio for sharing their stories. Kim Lage, KJ Henschel, Maggie Rosu, Leah Lem, and Aaron Warhol for editorial contributions, and Dan Luke for some of the music in our series. Programming is made possible through a grant to the White Earth Land Recovery Project from the Minneapolis Foundation Catalyst Initiative and with support from Ampers, Diverse Radio for Minnesota's Communities. To hear more episodes in this series and to learn more about collective trauma, ACEs, or adverse childhood experiences, visit whiteearthhealing.org. That's whiteearthhealing.org. Take care. Take care.